0: Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results.
2: I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she
0: is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, Mimi Shoneman, the host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and licensed realtor from Remax Results. Hello, Ms. Shoneman. Good morning. I am happy to see you. I'm actually, you know, there's a couple of reasons why I'm always like a big fan of Mimi. Like, first of all, you're one of my most organized fans. Uh, oh, yeah. Friends. Yeah. You super oh, are. Lord. <laughs> I don't know if that says a lot about my other friends. or I'm tell you <laughs> what, we need to have some kind of meeting up in here about that statement. I think you were fantastic. So it's always good to see you. Help me center is what you do. You also bring our friend Phil Olson, who is with us as well from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Phil, my favorite numbers guy.
2: Good morning, guys. Good morning, my talkers. Happy Sunday.
0: Yes. And speaking of numbers, why don't we kick it off with your NMLS number, please, Phil.
2: NMLS 238 company NMLS 3029, Cost cross-country mortgage.
1: I have a new tagline for Phil. It oh, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. The numbers
0: magi- magician. The numbers magician. What do Woo-hoo! you think, Phil? You like that? Where's the fairy dust ah, like that's, sounder? That, that's not bad. We'll watch. Maybe it's not, not, not bad. bad. I,
2: sprink, I sprinkle fairy dust on people all the time.
0: The numbers magician, or maybe the numbers wizard. Wizard is better. I wizard, like wizard is better. We'll call you the numbers wizard. How about that, Phil? We'll, well let's let's awesome. kick that around. I'll, I'll use that a couple of times throughout the show today, and we'll see if it sticks. The numbers wizard.
2: Well, I, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. For every person that calls in. We'll throw, well, Mimi and I will. Partner up 50-50 on a hundred dollar gift card for every call in that calls me the number wizard.
0: Okay, all right, we got Are that. you. The numbers him wizard. Him, Look at that!
1: throwing my bank account under the bus <laughs> like that.
0: Didn't even ask for no permission. That's what happens when you're friends. They just oh. know you well enough that they know you're going to say yes. Yeah. So, okay. Well, he'll pay yeah, for it one we'll, way. <laughs> well,
2: we'll throw those people into an into a bucket at the end of the show, and we'll announce our winner next time we're on.
0: Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Phil Olsen, our number. Oh, wizard. you
1: prefer the numbers wizard, huh? Over magician. Uh, you you guys you guys can call me
2: whatever you want. You can call me Joe, Steve, whatever.
0: <laughs> Here's why I like wizard better than magician. Magician implies that it's a trick. Ah. Wizard implies that it is true magic. Magic is ah. what it is. So, wizard, that's a lot more power. I'm just going to take that right
1: away from you. I'm going to just watch this happen in real time. The numbers wizard. You are not going to get that name tag right there <laughs> because I am going to assume the
0: real estate wizard. wizard. <laughs> I like that. There <laughs> can be more than one wizard. Have you guys? Do you guys oh. not watch? You know, you don't read the hmm. same books that I do, but there are multiple wizards out there. You don't know this? <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing that you don't uh, live in the same view that of assumptions I do. flying up in here. That is true. That is true. We'll back up and we'll do a book review after we're done. Uh. Um, so what's going on out there in the real estate market? It's still uh. just crazy all over the place. Well, Phil had some savings going on in oh, the rates nice. this mm-hmm. week. Let's hear about that.
2: Uh, believe it or not, we've seen uh, a little bit of a pullback in the bond market. We've seen interest rates on a 30-year fix come back to about 3%, three and an eighth, where they were at three and an eighth and three and a quarter. Um, Not really sure why that's happening because we're living in a crazy world and it's a crazy stock market, bond market. But anytime I can pass on better interest rates to the clients, that's a much better thing.
1: Phil, how much are bread prices this week? (laughs) Quiz.
2: Bread prices. Um, for a loaf of bread, two dollars and ten cents.
1: Pot belly futures. <laughs> okay, I uh, don't mm. know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, okay. So now I'm going to let everybody know what's happening on the real estate real estate side. Data, man, prices continue to rise. Miss Shannon already three hundred and twenty-eight thousand. That's up ten percent. 10% over when, maybe. Oh, a year ago.
0: Okay. okay. Um,
1: and our days on market are continuing to go down, which is showing us that, well, our buyers are coming in more pre-approved. Okay. And Phil, we can talk about that here in a quick second on what's the ultimate in pre-approval. You know, you can talk about, like, going in to see your banker, doing something with them, whatever. But there's, like, the, the cream of the crop of pre-approvals um also our inventory decreased okay don't don't cry anybody we are all crying together 49 percent uh to 5086 homes wow Uh, days on market like i said 39 days on market a lot of that has to do with cash
0: buyers too so cash buyers just swooping in right now
1: there's oh i've never seen so much cash in all my life okay phil you seeing a lot of cash
0: i
2: am and believe it or not, they're buying the house for cash, and then they're calling me back to do a cash-out refinance a couple days within the transaction. Yep. Per- right now, I currently have a client that's going to liquidate part of their 401k, going to use all their savings And then I'm going to follow up two days after closing with a refi to replenish their 401k.
1: Yeah, I have have buyer clients that are doing
0: that right now. One of them is working with Phil. And so cash is king, man. While we're talking about both of you being different um, types of wizards, that might be part of the equation, right? Is that you have to really go, since there's so little inventory out there, what can you do to work a little bit of magic so that your buyers have the biggest opportunity to actually get the home that they're they're bidding on, right? Everybody
1: is trying to come up with the strategy that's mm-hmm. going to get their client to win the house that they want. Um, and writing a good offer. Mm-hmm. And let me just quantify what that is. A good offer means that there's no mistakes in there. When I go to read that as a listing agent and I see something that's sloppy, yeah. Um, attention to detail really, really does matter. Um, so write your good offers, put them together in a nice package, put together a good summary report that's that's telling about the client. Uh, have your loan officer give a call. Um, you know, things like that really do set you apart. And Phil, let's talk about some things that our mortgage uh, partners are doing that uh, set them apart. You have a guarantee with cross country mortgage and tell about that and then how somebody qualifies for it.
2: Uh, our $10,000 guarantee basically guarantees that we close on time under the contract that's been written up. If we don't fulfill that obligation to the buyer and the seller, the seller receives $5,000 automatically from cross-country mortgage. The buyer receives an additional $5,000 off in their closing costs. Uh, that's just one part of the puzzle. I think on the mortgage side of things, What's really, really important to a consumer is that their mortgage officer is available. And let me give you an example of that. Friday night, got a call at eight o'clock, ran numbers, um, readjusted a counter offer with, uh, with another client. Uh, we presented that. The agent then called me. I spoke with the agent for over 45 minutes detailing uh, how we were going to get this transaction done easily and on time, and believe it or not, there was three other offers on the table. One offer was actually better, but because the real estate agent knew Cross Country Mortgage was a great company to work with, and because I've been in the business a long time, we were able to close that deal. I was still on the phone at ten thirty that night, but we closed that deal for that client.
1: And I'm going to tell everybody out there that's listening. If you don't think that the people that you pick to be on your team makes a big difference,
0: you are fooling yourself all day long. Because it's a very competitive situation. And I know that we even talked about this when things were different a year ago about, hey, you went to some website and it said you qualified for X. And we've explained time and time again that that isn't Mm -hmm. the same as having the kind of guarantee that Phil is talking about right now. Well, even without Phil's guarantee, um, Phil's reputation precedes himself mm-hmm. and
1: so does cross-country mortgage excellent to work with never had a problem with them not right. once not never mm-hmm. that says a lot and so that reputation trickles out into the real estate community as a realtor we know who are the good players out there who's got a good reputation and who doesn't have a good reputation right and that matters so I might tell you miss Shannon you say who should I get my pre-approval with I've got my with the big box in the sky. Right. And they tell me that they're going to give me uh, a new car. They're going to come and paint my house when I move in. Right. And it's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. But they don't live here in Minnesota. I'm going to say to you, Miss Shannon, <laughs> you think they're coming over from
0: Washington State and right. paint, paint your house? Right. They're going to come over and bring you brownies? I don't think so. There's just something in the fine print that I'm usually missing if it's that kind of situation. Well, so here's the thing. It's not even the
1: fine print here.
0: So I need to talk to a loan officer. I'm your realtor.
1: And they don't have they don't have regular hours like I do. You want to write your offer on Saturday mm-hmm. and guess what? I get voicemail over and over and over. We can't get your pre approval letter. Right. We just have a generic. Well, guess what? That's not good enough. The the address of the property needs to be specific on mm-hmm. your pre approval letter. And you just lost the house of your dreams because right. nobody will pick up the phone. Right. Phil?
2: There is multiple t- times where we place an offer. The agent, Mimi calls me back and says, Phil, we need to adjust it. We need to change this. Or sometimes there's a, there's a buyer that's maybe approved conventional, but, but guess what? The sellers are willing to accept an FHA offer that's better for the client. Um, being available, being able to pump out these letters, being able to run numbers in live time for the client when they're trying to make the biggest decision in their world is, is huge for clients. And Mm -hmm. like Mimi said, if you don't have a really good team behind you, you're, you're, I'm sorry to say you might be put at the back of the line.
1: Right. It's, it's, it is a battle mm-hmm. and and you have to do the little things right you right. have to do the little things right and in addition to all the terms that go into your offer and so Phil and I are going to talk about some of the 10 things that you do to avoid Uh, making a mistake before you actually even apply
0: for your mortgage and we really hope some of our callers will call in and and call Phil the wizard right so you can call in to the red hot real estate show at 651-641-1071 we'll be right back here on my talk 1071 welcome back to the red hot real estate show here on my talk 1071 and streaming on mytalk1071.com we also encourage you to grab that my talk app there's all kinds of great opportunities in that for you to hear this show and all of our other favorite shows here, Mimi. Um, I uh, I know that we have our numbers wizard, Mister Phil Olson, on the line, and lots of stuff that's going on out there. <laughs> the funniest thing ever, the, is, the numbers wizard. Is I can see his face every time we say he it. He doesn't like that's it. It's hilarious. Is he giving off like that that facial he's, vibe that he's all like, I cannot believe these women. <laughs> is that face <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. So that Phil, just makes me. I want. think it's great.
2: <laughs> I, I'm actually going to go get a big green hat, put some stars on it, and throw some gold dust on it. Yes! I'm going to wear it to the next show.
0: Yes. You're like Gandalf the Grey. That's hey. fantastic. <laughs> you guys don't know how much joy it gives me that we get to call I'm, him a wizard. I'm excited. I want you to call me a wizard. You're a wizard as what well. What is a female wizard? No, you can still be a wizard. Okay, i mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you can still be a wizard. I'm a real estate wizard. It depends You on... can
1: forget about it, Phil. Mm-hmm. It's all Mimi. About Mimi, you're the real estate goddess.
0: Oh, you like that? I don't know about that. I prefer wizard. Okay. I I mean just uh, in my oh. life, I'm all about wizards, you know, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> I uh, call
0: myself a wizard all the time. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an, I'm impressed. So, it's good stuff. And right now, I mean, we almost need a wizard. That's what it is. Like, there's so much going on, Mimi. And I, you know, I I talk to just because of the industry that I'm in as a comedian, I'll be honest with you, a bunch of my friends ended up being realtors, oh. and I still used you. So, well, there you have it. Because I'm going, this is complicated, and I think you're very funny, but I'm going to let Mimi do this. You know, kid, do you think I have a future in comedy? Because I'm just asking. Do you want to be a comedian? I don't know. Uh, the reason that I can't answer that question is because we hadn't talked about mm. it before. And so here's the difference, Like, and I'm just going to say this so you don't take it as an insult. Oh, There's boy. a difference between being funny and having a future in comedy. So, like, that's true. Do you really want to do what I do? I don't I know. just told you I drove back and forth to Fargo on Friday. So do you really? Uh, no. See, that's what I'm saying. Just like but I will lo- go to Fargo for real estate. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'll go there for a show, but you'll go there for real estate. And that's all I'm saying as far funny. as the future. And I don't necessarily <laughs> want to go through all of the, the study and the training and keeping track of all of the stuff that's going on in the real estate market that you did. You know what's funny hmm. is nobody thinks I'm funny at all.
1: Right. You do. I think you're funny. Phil does. <laughs> I'm a serious realtor. I'm not kidding. Phil.
2: Um you're you're dead on, Mimi. <laughs> Every now and then you you throw out a good funny thing. Yes. You're a dead serious Fantastic realtor. One of the best in the Twin Cities.
0: Aw. Which we need right now. I didn't even pay him for that. No, because things are so complex that you just want to know that you have somebody who is advising you appropriately, especially when you've mentioned so many of the things that we have to do. And I know that normally we'd go... Okay, to do this, here's the process. You're going to get, um, the property inspected. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And now because things are so complex, there's certain things that we end up waiving or giving up or backing off. So you want to know that your realtor is advising you appropriately because to be able to go, yeah, with this property, yes, you should do this, or maybe we should walk away. You know, I've got a, I've got a great appointment coming
1: up this week. Mm-hmm. Really excited about it. Um, somebody called me that's a My Talk listener and, She says to me in a voicemail, she says, I think you're the right one to help me with this property. And, you know, I was excited about it because I took a look at it and I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm excited about this, helping this particular client potential client right and my talk listener and so you know it's it's fun right it's fun being able to help people to look at their house and go okay so this is your low this is your medium this right. is your high this is what you have to do to be high mm-hmm. and then figure it out because you see all these billboards all over town right they sell you house just like it is mm-hmm. ugly or pretty whatever yeah. we do that too right we do that too and if you think you have an ugly house i can tell you what There is somebody who's going to think it's beautiful. Right. And you can call us and let us take a look at it and give you our opinion. Doesn't everybody want a second opinion? I agree. You call us at 651-578-2218.
0: You can text or call that number. Anything you want to know about real estate. The other thing that's great about working with you two is I know we're going to talk about some things to do that uh, some things that you don't want to do as you know, that'll shoot, your, shoot yourself in the foot as you're doing this deal. And that's one of the things I remind people if they call Phil. Um, sometimes you need to plan where you're going, okay, I want to be able to buy this house or do this deal or be prepared to, for success, and it might take me a year. And Phil can go, here's what you got to do. What if, but you got to listen. Okay, so what <laughs> so, if you are
1: not a planner,
0: right? That's why you get Phil. So he will tell you. Just do what he does. Well, do what he tells you to Phil, do. Phil, let's talk about our consumers
1: that we talk to that... That really don't want to plan. They just want it to happen. Make it happen. Make it go away. Make it happen. Um, I can talk about that. You talk about it a little bit too.
2: I think. I think if consumers go into purchasing a home without planning, they can really create a disaster, and they don't know it. Right. They're, they're living their lot. They're living their lives, and they don't think it's a big deal. But when you get a mortgage, it's based on all your financials. It's based on your credit. It's based on your occupation. It's based on how you get paid. And at any given point in time, after you've been pre-approved for a home loan, you decide to change that. That can literally muck up the water and cause your beautiful approval to go by the wayside. And, you know, one of the things that I try telling people is I want you to quiet your life down. Right. Quiet. I don't want you to change a thing. And unfortunately, there are people out there, they think, and sometimes they shouldn't be thinking, sorry to say, instead they should be calling me going, Phil, if I do this, how will that impact my loan? And believe it or not, I've had loans that have literally died Over one dollar, one dollar, one dollar debt to income ratio could cause a loan to die to where it would have to be restructured some way, shape or form. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, Phil, we've had clients that had a purse issue (laughs) or, you know, fantasy, if you will, um, where purses were very important in life. As were shoes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not joking. Right. And no, I understand. We all have that thing that that's what we chase. And, you know, some purses can be as much as, you know, $20. But this particular purse was more over $2,000. And yeah. not just one, but multiples. And some kicking ass shoes. Right. Can right. <laughs>
0: it's okay. We're good, man. Okay. I, I
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to say that, but it came out. Real talk. Real yeah. shoes. Yeah. Real shoes. Yes. And and so, Phil, we had to have a conversation. Remember this conversation?
2: Um, yes. Maybe a little bit. Sorry okay. to say.
0: Yeah. Tone it down. Right. You can't go shopping like that. No, we need to focus. And I think that that's sometimes just telling somebody, going, all of those things that you're a fan of, that's all great. Just put it on pause for right now because right now you need to be a fan of getting into your home. Let's talk about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're an entertainer. Right. That's what you do. Yes. You got to look good. Yes. Okay. Oh, I like, but you know me. You saw my closet. You yes. know, I'm like, that was the one of the, the most difficult things over the last year okay. is that I spent a lot of time collecting interesting outfits because I knew I'd be performing in front of people yeah. and there was a reason. You've got the cutest garage I ever did see. Yes. You know thanks chase right now exactly i'm like you came over and you're like what did you get new garage doors you're like what i'm like well i needed those yes it it does change you know like the you know i just bought a thatcher for the yard and so just i trust me from experience you can change the things that you are a fan of once you get into the home that you have it's fun taking care of your home Right. right phil
2: so, Miss Shannon, I'm going to use a, an example because you're self-employed. Yes. I get, I get you pre-approved, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're looking for a very specific house. Right. And I got you approved here in December. You still haven't found the house yet. Right. But at this point in time, you've decided, you want to know something? I don't need to work so hard anymore. I'm not going to take as many gigs. But here in July, you find this house. And over the last two to three months, you've decided not to work as hard as a comedian. Right. I'm just going to not spend process. some money. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I ask you for a profit and loss statement year to date. Right. And your profit and loss statement is 50% less on average than your earnings last year. Right. Do you th- do you think that could be potentially an issue being a self-employed borrower trying to buy a house.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. You know, I got to prove all the time that I need, that I'm still making the money that I was making before, because that's my version of, you know, when you talk to other people and they have their W-2s or their pay stubs, I need to prove that I'm still going to make the same amount of money I used to make, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to give you some other great ah. tips on how you cannot ruin the uh, process of buying your home courtesy of our friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage and Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and also from Cross Country Mortgage, Mr. Phil Olson. Okay, Phil. Well, we've been talking about a bevy of interesting
1: subjects here, mm-hmm. but we're going to jump into some debt discussion. Um, so let's talk about racking up debt, or maybe somebody who's getting involved with somebody that might have a little bit of debt. Let's hear a story.
2: Well, I had a I had a client that recently had a lease vehicle that was coming due. In other words, it was about ready to end, mm-hmm. and they decided they decided to get a new lease vehicle. And not thinking their lease payment was $340, their new lease payment was $510, and they didn't think that was a big deal. Right. Well, Well, I
0: already had a payment, right, is what they were thinking? Correct. Okay.
2: Correct. So now their debt-to-income ratio went up by almost 4%, and guess what happened? They still can buy a house. They're still looking. But now they qualify for four percent less home. Wow. Because their debt their debt to income ratio and they were previously pre approved for three hundred and twenty thousand. Now they're down to two hundred and ninety. Right. Now, Mimi, what what's our area median income house right now in the Twin Cities?
0: It actually just went up to three twenty eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ouch.
0: And that doesn't our seem client- I'm sure your client that Phil means- was sitting there going, It's it's only no two hundred bucks. I can still pay that per month. Yeah, it's the little things. Mm-hmm. It, and
1: and and they'll catch you off guard and you'll be just like so disappointed. Because really, if you think about it, the, the price difference between two ninety and three twenty eight doesn't sound like that much, but it actually really is. For the folks out there that are looking, it that's one of the toughest price brackets we have going in the Twin Cities. Um, so, yes, you, what I tell people is, is, is you have to use your loan officer and Phil like a therapist. Okay. From the time that you are getting ready to start looking for a house, thinking about selling a house, any financial decision you have, check with your, your loan officer first. You right. have to check with them first. They're going to tell you exactly what you should do. Uh, and that means getting another job or, or, taking reduced hours or getting a promotion, things that are kind of counterintuitive. Phil?
2: How about I had a client, okay, and this has to do with a job issue, an income issue, and they were were an engineer on the software side, so they did very, very well, and they decided to go work for a staffing company. Okay. Now he's working for a temp company. And he changed jobs without telling me. He called me and said, Phil, is this going to make a difference? I go, yeah. You now have to wait two years before you can get a mortgage because you have to show as a temp employee a two-year history of income and stability. Right. So there, this client was working for an engineering firm, full-time, salaried, w 2 Now he decided to go Work for a staffing company who put him with another company actually making more money still w would but the downside is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac require a two year history of staffing
0: wow.
2: now can that could that could that client leave their job and go back to their old employer or maybe go to another company as a straight w would and not to be considered staffing yes
0: okay, okay so
2: that's... As you can see
1: that's a very interesting uh, criteria right there let's let's break that down so the staffing company was an IT specialist staffing company right uh, obviously yeah, hiring correct. high-end engineers placing them on contract assignments this and that right correct okay so why is that if they were w2 if I can understand if they were 1099 but why w2 why does that matter because
2: The staffing piece, these these companies that hire these people are normally put on short-term contracts, Mm -hmm. okay? It could be a six-month. It could be a one-year contract, all right? So there's no stability in the job, and there's no guarantee that when that six months ends that they're going to have a job, which might mean they have to go find another job. Now, from what I've known or seen over the years, is engineers in the software industry normally don't have a difficult time finding employment. Right. But it's a guideline. It's a guideline. Okay. It's a guideline by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and it's a hard guideline. Okay. You can't overcome it with an exception.
0: Interesting. And that has to be hard, and the other reason why we encourage them to speak to a professional is that there are certain things that you go, well, logic's, logic di- dictates that this would be the move that I make. But it's not about logic. Sometimes it's about, as Phil just said, there's a guideline, and this is just the rule, and it's not something that I can jump around or explain around. It's just this is just the rule, and they're not always intuitive. Yes, and so I know a lot about
1: this this particular situation because that's the world that I came from uh, before I lived here. So you know, engineers they can move from a, a salary job to an IT specialist house, and they can they can really make exponentially better money right and uh, but to Phil's Phil's point uh, those contract assignments can be uh, they can be cancelled easily mm-hmm. enough you know even though they're a W-2 with that particular employer right Phil let's talk a little bit about uh, getting let's talk about folks that maybe are serious with someone and they haven't quite had the financial discussion about how they do money right um and maybe they don't know maybe uh they have no clue i mean when you're dating somebody even if you're serious having that money discussion is tough Mm -hmm. it's personal especially
0: if you've been single a long time right it's been like uh i don't think that's in your business right it it does kind of seem like one of those things that you should talk about but you you know because i'm very blunt about those things now because i wasn't blunt enough about it when I was younger. And I think that you just go, well, everything's going to be okay. They're perfect. And so you don't want to look at what's behind the curtain. So you don't ask questions. Yeah. Phil, let's talk
1: about some of the scenarios that we see of couples. And and we see it a lot of times on purchase agreements where it's one person that's being qualified for the loan, but it's both of them that wants to be on the note. So let's talk about that.
2: That's very, very common and, uh, kind of the thing that we're talking about here is, is this third party, what skeletons do they have in their closet? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're better off finding out about those skeletons early in the process because I've literally seen couples have major arguments when they find out that one other person's income cannot be used right. for qualifying on a mortgage. So some of the big skeletons that I see are past foreclosures, past short sales, past bankruptcies, either Chapter 7s, Chapter 11s, Chapter 13s. What is a Chapter 11? That's a farm or business bankruptcy. Chapter 7, Chapter 13 are personal bankruptcies, with Chapter 13 being a debt repayment program. How about multiple, multiple collections? or multiple, multiple charge-off of bad debt on people's credit. So let me give you an example. We have a client that has a 780 credit score but makes $3,000 a month. Getting married to the client that has a 580 credit score but makes $10,000 a month.
0: Okay. Well,
2: guess what? There's a scenario right there. People think that they can use their spouse's income. Their spouse's income or boyfriend's income cannot be used unless they can qualify for the existing program. Well, guess what? You cannot get a conventional home loan with a 580 credit score. Okay. And even if you're putting 50% down, that's what people will tell me. But we have, we have $200,000 to put down. I'm gonna still say, I'm sorry, we have to qualify you based on $3,000 a month income and you want to buy a $600,000 home and put $200,000 down, you don't qualify. And then they always come back going, but my spouse makes $100,000 a year. It doesn't make a difference. Unfortunately, you partnering with that person financially for a future home may not be the right decision at the given point in time, but with time, we can improve that, but maybe it's a project. It's a project a year down the road, two years down the road. Then again, people's spending habits, from what I've seen, is well over 60% of people that have poor spending habits, that's pretty hard to change. Right. All right? At least that's what I found.
0: And that's got to be a hard thing to tell somebody and go, yeah, you're a potential partner who makes all that money. They have bad spending habits or they've made these mistakes because they're like, well, I make plenty of money. It doesn't matter that I don't repay this debt or I charged it off. I just start over again. And we're like, no, eventually that comes back to bite you. Phil, let's talk a little bit about
1: what some of the bad spending habits that you've seen. Be, let's be specific. And we've got two minutes before the break.
2: Oh, I well, I had a client that in a span, uh, this was about a year and a half ago, uh, blew at Mystic Lake Casino. Uh, It was all over the bank statements in a period of two weeks. And when I told him, this is how much money you have to have for your closing. He says, I don't have it. And I go, I go, why not? He goes, well, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And the mistake was he went to Mystic Lake played blackjack and over a period of two weeks lost $3,000 In the end, in the end, we still got the transaction to close. We went with gifted funds, and we found a relative that was willing to step outside the box, so to speak, to help that client out. But there's a simple thing where you spend your money before you get to the closing. Hold one here, folks. What Mm -hmm. did I say? Keep your life quiet.
1: If you have issues like this, and we all know folks that, you know, they just like to do Right. You know, they just do. Mm -hmm. And we're not hating on any of that. Right. Um, I like a good roulette table best as anybody. But if you start looking at a house, you should probably put that money in a secure place. Right. Or you cannot, if you can't, if you cannot have the discipline to not do it during that short window of time. I'm talking 60, 90 days. You have to be disciplined. You must be. Right, Um, You can't put that. That's there's a lot of people that you are affecting let's right. just say Ms. shannon that you know this scenario is you mm-hmm. and you know you're saying well where is that money right it's up there mystic mm-hmm. uh-huh that's a problem right and then you have to go scrambling you you have sellers that are counting on you to perform that maybe they've made an offer on another house and they've already got the moving truck company right you've got me and Phil, who've been working with you for six months, right? You've got title people that have got you lined up on their schedule. Maybe you already did your, you know, yeah, got rid of your lease or whatever you were doing, and maybe you've made a non-refundable earnest money check. Mm-hmm. That happens, and that non-refundable. Guess what? That's gone. Right. You got to figure it out. And so, how about, Phil,
2: how about the seller? That's how about the seller that's paid to have the house fixed? How about the seller that's that has packed up everything in boxes and got them in a storage facility that counting on this closing so they can move into their next home there are so many people that are involved in our transaction and really it's Mimi's job and my job to get you across the finish line but if you're not going to take our advice or not listen to us that's where the problems will will arise and that's when When a a transaction turns into a wild ride at Valley Fair on the wild thing, sorry
1: to say. That's not good. Well, when we come back, Phil, let's keep talking about some of these mistakes that
0: folks make. You can also be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm here with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage.
1: It, does there anybody have a more smooth voice than Seal? Oh, not many. I'm not telling many. you that yeah. man. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, Phil, the wizard. Not one person called you a wizard because they're going to call me the wizard. <laughs> Uh You're so competitive. There you go. so competitive. (laughs) All right. Just kidding you. All right. So we're talking about big mistakes that folks can make that can ruin their transaction. And during the break, Phil, we both uh, agreed that one of the big things is putting money in that's not documented and gifted funds. Let's hear some of your take on that.
2: I would tell you those are the two biggest nightmares for a loan officer to see. Is cash being deposited into bank accounts and those bank accounts are going to be the ones that are going to be used for uh, your earnest money, maybe for your down payment. Um, large deposits there. I mean, right now, that's probably the biggest thing that we see people making mistake, mistakes on, especially on an FHA, VA, USDA or Minnesota housing loan. Because people don't understand that every dollar that gets deposited into a bank account has to be verified and it has to be determined if if that is income being received or if that's just cash that was deposited into the bank account. So let me give you an example. Client says, I've got the money. I've got $10,000 to put down. Loan officer doesn't do their job, doesn't check the bank statements, doesn't go back 60 days. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you get a bank statement, you see $10,300 deposited into a bank account that only had $100. And they go, there's my down payment. Right. And you go, oh, where did that $10,300 come from? Well, I had it under my mattress. right and they And they deposited it 15 days ago. And their closing is 30 days out. Guess what Mimi, can that fund, can those funds be used for a cash transact or for a purchase transaction?
1: No, sir. <laughs> okay, so uh, lots of things are flying through my head. Right. I've never been trained as a loan officer. I'm just going to stay that say that for the record and I've never been a loan officer. So, I don't know what kind of tra- training y'all go through. Um, But I know from working on the real estate side that this is not going to fly. But I don't see it. We don't see it from the real estate side. We rely on our loan officer. So when you say the loan officer didn't have good training, I'd like you to expand on that.
2: Can you imagine financial forensics? Mm
1: -hmm. We
2: literally, financial forensics. When we look at bank statements, we have to take a look at spending habits. We have to take a look where their money's going. We have to look at, are there debts that you pay on a monthly basis that's not on your credit report? Uh, under federal law, you cannot use cash that's been deposited within 60 days because it cannot be sourced and seasoned.
0: Okay.
2: So literally as a loan officer, we take these bank statements and once for what first thing I organize them. Next, I make sure every page is there. Then I start looking at payment trends. I start looking for large deposits. I start looking for potential debts that are not on credit but are on uh, the bank statement. For instance, a car loan, $350 a month. Do you realize some banks don't report to the credit bureaus your car loan? Well, guess what? If I see a payment of three fifty one month and a payment of three fifty the next month, I'm gonna go back to that borrower and say, What is that? And they might go, Oh, that's a car payment. Guess what? We've just created a new liability that has to be added as a liability against the debt to income ratios. So, yes, underwriters, mortgage loan officers, and more so underwriters are really the 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 financial forensics that they do is unbelievable. But if your loan officer isn't looking at that stuff, they're doing you a disservice as representing you as a mortgage loan officer because your deal could die because of that $350 payment that didn't get seen. And how can it die? Well, guess what? You put an offer on a house. You give a thousand dollars that's non-refundable to the sellers as earnest money. Oh, by the way, you pay for an appraisal. Oh, by the way, you pay $400 for a home inspection. And next thing you know, your loan dies and you just lost
1: $2,000. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, there's risk. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to get your ducks in a row when you're looking for property. You know, the one that, that really gets me, Phil, and you probably don't see this side of the world, but uh, a house will hit the market and somebody will call and they'll say, Hey, I saw this house that hit the market. I don't know them and we've never met. We've never had a conversation and they say, I want to go see it. Can you show it to me? And I'm like, absolutely I'm happy to show it to you. Who are you pre-approved with? Well, none of that matters because mm-hmm. I'm good and I'm, I'm just going to trust you that you're not going to, you know, murder me right. and that you've got a hundred million dollars in the bank and you can buy any house that you put your eyes on. So no, that's not how it goes. Um, you might be able to get a rookie agent that will do something like that for you. But are they really, if they don't know enough to not do that, how are they going to really help you buy and win in this market, Phil?
2: I cannot tell you the number of times, and I'm going to use the words sloppiness. Clients have called me and told me that they were pre-qualified with another institution, And I go, okay, so you're pre-qualified. Have they looked at your bank statements, your paycheck stubs, your W-2s, your tax returns? And they go, no. I go, then you're not pre-qualified. You're not pre-approved. I go, And I go, so when did you talk with your loan officer? Oh, I talked to him three months ago. I go, how long of a conversation did you have? Oh, 15 minutes. And they said, oh, we'll pump out a letter for you when you're ready. It's called sloppiness. That's right. all I can say. And there's some good institutions out there. And there, I'm sorry to say, there's still bad institutions out there.
1: Yeah. So and that circles us back in full circle to when we first started the show. You know, reputation matters a lot. Right. It matters a lot. Um, I know whenever I send a referral to Phil, and and he knows vice versa, that we're going to do a good job for the client. He's going to do the due diligence that is necessary to actually pre-qualify and qualify a person to get a house. Right. And I never have to question it. I never have to go, uh, is he really is he going qualified? To do this? Right. Is he really not qualified? Is he really going to be able to buy the house? Never have to worry about it. Never, ever. Right. Phil?
2: Yeah. And I mean, uh, vice versa, Mimi. I mean, you draft a, an absolutely awesome purchase agreement. And guess what? As a loan officer, I'm looking and I'm reading, and I read the whole purchase agreement from top to bottom. Now, there's specific areas I won't pay a lot of attention to because they're boiler But I will take a look. What are the concessions? What are, what are the sellers asking to keep? What are the buyers asking to keep in the transaction? Does the financing of the purchase agreement match what I have in the system? Uh, do we have the correct property? Is it a condo? Is it a townhome? I don't have to worry about that with Mimi because when I read her purchase agreement, it's perfect. And I mean, Mimi is anal about purchase agreements. And thank you, Mimi, for being that way because there are other people in the industry. That are sloppy Right. That's all I'm gonna use is the word floppy. Well, make you sure
0: tell. you get a call get a hold of Phil. You can go to callphilolson.com. You can call him at 651-238-6748. And you can always contact Mimi at 651-578-2218. And their website again is Mimi at MNredhot Real You can also
2: paying bills on time. Oh yeah. Not maxing out credit cards? That's what I'm talking about learning what credit utilization is yes give yourself credit you can reach some pretty big goals like home ownership by taking small steps like those to build up your credit get started by leveling up your credit knowledge at fanniemae.com slash credit education that's fannie mae.com credit education home ownership here you come hey.